What's going on? Yerks here. Welcome to Yerks Talks. How we doing? How's it going out there? Wednesday, December 16th. Year's almost gone and I, I I think I speak for everybody when I say glad. Uh, I'm glad it's uh it's it's on its way out. Uh now we're probably going to be dealing with the corona stuff for uh probably until like summer, I would imagine. Maybe even further than that. Uh, the vaccines are coming out, though, which is great. That's a good thing. It's a good sign. Uh, but there's still, you know, a lot of stuff that's happening um, that, you know, I feel isn't being handled necessarily correctly. But, you know, I'm not going to get too much into it. I just hope everybody out there is being safe. You know, wear your mask, if, if for anything other than just to be a nice person. You know, like I... I get there's people on both sides where it's like you don't need a mask, and there's people like where they'll yell at you if you don't have one on. I just just be decent and just respect other people and wear the mask. That's how I feel about it. But how are we doing? Like I said, it is Wednesday, and uh, we're going to talk about some basket hoops today. We got a couple of stories. We're going to talk about the Greek Freak, and then we're going to talk about James Harden, and then I'm going to end the episode off talking about some uh, basket hoop teams that I'm excited to watch this year to see how they do. You can follow me at twi- on at Twitter on Twitter at John Yerks for that. Um, I gotta get better at tweeting just random stuff during the week. Normally, it's just so easy to retweet something, but it's just such a lack of effort on my part. I gotta like tweet something midweek and just see how that goes. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Yerks Talks for that. You can um, subscribe to Apple Podcasts. And follow on Spotify. So yeah, we're going to get into it here. So the big story that came out uh, yesterday was announced. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, uh, he signed a whopping five-year, $228 million extension with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Supermax contract, which uh, you figured he was going to... well. I I actually thought that he was not going to stay. I thought maybe he would move on, but uh, he's come out and said, you know, this is my home and my city, and I'm ready to get after it these next five years. And so, yeah, I mean, you love to see that. Uh, in this day and age, too, you don't see as many players sticking with one team. You know, you think of uh, everybody's bouncing around, right? LeBron, he's been – he went he was on Cleveland, went to Miami, back to Cleveland. Now he's in L.A., uh, you know, Russell Westbrook moved around, James Harden. I mean, he left to the Rockets. So, but everybody, everybody tends to leave Kevin Durant from the Thunder to the Warriors now to the Brooklyn Nets. So yeah, everybody just seems to move around a lot, but, uh, not Giannis. And then another guy that comes to mind is, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Damian, Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers, where he has probably had the opportunity to leave Portland and go to a – I say – I mean, I think the Trailblazers are good. I don't think they've done the best job building around Lillard. But, you know, still a team that can compete in the playoffs. Uh, you know, but he – I mean, Lillard probably had several off, offers to go to, a, you know, quote, 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 unquote, a contender team, and he just hasn't done it. So, you know, you, you love the loyalty, and that's exactly what Giannis is doing here. Um Let's talk big picture though, because obviously, when you make a contract like this, you're you know, and Giannis is great; he's fantastic. I still believe, and this is through no fault of his own. He's just 
like a superstar in the wrong era. I mean, we go back maybe like, you know, shoot. I mean, pre-Golden State, like pre-Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Giannis is an animal because the game the game has just changed so much due to the Steph Curry effect where now you have to be able to shoot from the outside and everybody jacks up threes and they're more higher scoring games. The big men is not, you know, what it used to be, right? You used to have guys like Shaq, uh, Kevin, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, people like that, you know, that could maybe hit an occasional jumper, but like battled in the paint in the post. I think of uh, Zach Randolph, the former Grizzly player, the lefty, uh, guys like that. There's like big, you know, in there. Uh, but now you have the more finesse guys, uh, you know, like uh, Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets. You, have, you know, the big man has to be able to step outside and shoot threes, things like that. So it completely changed the game. And that's the one thing that Giannis, and he's going to keep improving. He, you know, he's shown that growth every year, but he's got to get better shooting from the outside. And he knows it too. Uh, what I was going, what I wanted to talk about though, is that I don't know if the Bucks did enough this off season to well, I guess Giannis thinks they did enough, but I don't know if they did enough to really take that next step. Now, the big signing obviously was Drew Holiday, their new point guard. But I, I'm just curious if that's going to be enough for them. I don't know if he is a huge impact. Now, I did. I I think it's good. I you know I do think it's a, it's an definitely improvement on the guard situation there. Because Holiday's a guy last year. Now, granted, we had the Corona shenanigans breakout, but he averaged 19 points a game, uh, five boards, almost seven assists. I mean, he was he was he had a good season, and he's a very talented guard in this league. You know, I mean, his name should be up there when you're when you're talking about guard play. So, at least a top ten, in my opinion. And so, I I just don't know if that's going to be enough to take them over the edge. He is a guy that can create his own offense, which which is what you didn't have last year. You know, it's a guy that can give you like that twenty points a game, which is great. So him along with Chris Middleton and Giannis, I mean, that's a solid three. I just don't know if that's enough to get over the hump, right? Because I mean, teams you're competing with in the East, you got the the Celtics, and uh, I guess Toronto, the Raptors, right? And I guess that's it. So I mean, the East is not. Oh, oh, Miami, right? You got the Heat in there. Uh, they might regress a little bit, though. Again, they, they really capitalize on the bubble. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be the same team this year. So, really, they're only competing with three other teams. It's it's enough to definitely make the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, definitely. I just don't know if uh, you can get over one of the West teams, like the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Nuggets, etc. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, it's a long season. And uh, we'll see how they look. Uh, also, they're expecting a lot from their um, from their guard Dante DiVincenzo. He he showed flashes in the bubble uh, during the playoffs. He had a couple of big games, a couple of, of clutch shots, and so they're hoping for him to take the next step as well. I mean, it's a solid team, right? Uh, the bench, I think, is a little bit lackluster. Uh, Bobby Portis, he was a former Bull player. You have DJ Augustin. Uh, he was, I believe, on the Bobcats back in the day. So he's been around the league a little bit. Uh, Torrey Craig, Bryn Forbes, those are guys you probably never heard of. Again, just like squad, squad players. I don't know if there's a lot of uh, bench uh, points off the bench here. Uh, so it's going to be predominantly the starting five that gets a lot of the uh, 
buckets. But, you know, we'll see. Giannis felt comfortable enough to re-sign, which is good. He thinks that there's a contender here, and he's looking forward to the next five years. Uh, we'll see how this year looks and if the Bucks will go out and make another move. I think it really sucked not being able to get that deal for uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich across the line. I think that if you bring in him, the Bucks are definitely the favorite in the East. Right now, I think my money is still on the Celtics. I just think that they're very talented and they're still extremely young. Um, so, yeah, getting rid of uh, Gordon Hayward for them, too, was a massive um, – I thought I thought it was a really positive thing that they did because their youth was just – like grew up so much with him being out that it that they ended up just being better without him. So I thought it was a really solid offseason new that they made. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm excited to see the Bucks. I'm excited to see Giannis. Hopefully, you know, he keeps extending his range. It's just a bummer. I wish basketball would kind of go back to that power, uh, that power forward, that center. I loved it back there. I love people like, you know, battling in the paint. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then, you know, kicking out for the knockdown three. But now it's like everything is just is from the outside in. We're used to, you know, be in like you'd work, work the ball inside out. But now it's like you get people like pulling out for three in transition. You got people just like doing a bunch of isolation, step back threes, things like that. It's still good, fun to watch, and like a team like the Nuggets, I think kind of has that big man still, and they're a really fun team to watch. Love me some Nikola Jokic, uh, but yeah, I'm excited for the NBA season. I really am for the first time in a long time. The bubble re rejuvenated my love for basket hoops, which is good to see. All right, so let's talk about James Harden. It's kind of like the good and the bad in this episode, right? On one hand, you have a guy like Giannis, loyal to his team, loyal to the organization, to the franchise, right? That, you know, and he, he deservingly gets the $228 million, right? The super max extension. And then you have a guy like James Harden who is, I mean, he's not, I don't know if he's doing everything in his power, but he's definitely not you know, putting 100% into the Rockets organization right now. Um, you, you clearly, so last night there was a picture that circulated. It was uh, James Harden's first preseason game last night, and uh, the picture circling on the internet, he looks out of shape. And like just to put it neatly, I mean, that's just the nicest way I could say that. He, It does not, it's not a good look, man. It really isn't. He's also been avoiding media questions, you know, he still wants to be traded, things like that. He, he, you know, he, he did come out and say, like, I'm just focused on being here. Uh, it's it's bad. It really is. I've talked about how it's absurd that a guy like James Harden or like Paul George last year with multiple years left in their contract can just demand a trade, completely screw over the organization that they play for, and force a move. I... I I, I, it blows my mind. It's the best, if like from a player standpoint, the best sport to play is basketball. You have all of the power when it comes to where you want to play. And in Harden's case, apparently, you have all the power when it comes to how things are going to operate. There was an article on ESPN written, I believe it was yesterday or uh, maybe this morning, by Tim McMahon. I wanted to give him some credit. And I was reading it, and essentially, uh, the Rockets, you know, there's been a lot. I, I have felt bad for the Rockets in this situation 
Because I just, I, again, I just think it's ridiculous that you could just be like, I mean, James Harden has three years left on his contract, and he can just be like, I want out. Trade me. They offer him a, they offer him a, a, an extension to make him get paid fifty million a year, and he turns it down. He's like, no, I don't want it. Get me out of here. I want, I want to trade. It's at the end. Of, I mean, something's got to give, man. It's just so brutal. But after reading this article by Tim McMahon, the Houston wasn't doing themselves any favors. So here's the report. Uh, the, the here's the first uh, paragraph of this uh, article. The Houston Rockets culture in the James Harden era, which bridges two owners and now four head coaches, might be best summed up by a former staffer's three words, whatever James wants. I mean, we already, or I already knew, but there was always stuff out there that Harden likes to party and things like that. And so this article just goes on to say that, yeah, if um, the Rockets had two or three days in between games, it was a good bet Harden would call for an off day and charter a private jet to party in Las Vegas or another city. Just James being James is another quote with uh, somebody within the franchise said. Uh, th- this one stood out as well. There was a big uh, – a member of the 2019-2020 Houston's coaching staff, he comes out and says this, quote, if they have multiple days off, everybody knows James is going to fly somewhere else and party. But he's going to come back and have a 50-point triple-double, so they're okay with it. Crazy to me. Uh, there was also a lot of uh, tension between Chris Paul when he was there two years ago, and then Russell Westbrook as well. Paul was, you know, a po- he's a point guard, true and true, and he wanted the ball in his hand. And he said that Harden essentially opted not to participate in the Rockets' offense when the ball wasn't in his hand. Things like that. With Russell Westbrook, he likes he hates when people are late. Harden would be late several times, even during the bubble. Um, so yeah, it's crazy to me that, uh, that Harden would do that, but also the Rockets letting this happen, right? I mean, I think of, um, there was a family in my neighborhood growing up in Mount Woodson and my, my dad or like my, like my dad and like my stepmom will know who I'm talking about, but they let their kids run wild. Right. And, um, you know, they would come over to hang out and things like that. And there was a couple of times where maybe that we were invited to their house or there'd be a neighborhood party and they'd be there and their kids would just run a muck. And you, and what it was, was just like the lack. And this is, you know, and I'm sure there's other people that have similar experiences with other, you know, parents, right. Where they just, they give their kids everything, right. You're talking like sweets before, before dinner, you know, they can, have all the toys they want, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, you can you, I mean, part of it's like, you know, the kid knows what they're doing and, they're, and the, they exploit their parents, right? Because kid, you know, children aren't stupid. Like I have a niece that's five, almost, almost six. She's brilliant. So, you know, they, they if you give them an inch, they're going to take like a yard. Like, you know, like that's how it works. And so, yeah, I just remember watching uh these kids as i was a little bit older and just being like oh man now i know what not to do and so with the rockets here it's like yeah um harden was doing this prior to houston probably but i mean you're not doing yourself any favors here you you if anything you added more fuel to the fire now you have this monster that you can't just extinguish you know and that's crazy to me that 
that he would even or that that the Rockets would even allow this to happen for so long. Because based on this article, this has been happening since James Harden has gotten there. And, you know, it, it's just it's a tough situation for sure. But I wanted to kind of move it in a different direction. I wanted to bring up a different angle. Uh, because I don't know James Harden. Maybe I'll meet him one day. Who knows? But um, and I and I don't want to attack his character, right? Because I I do believe that he is the type of player that wants to win a championship. I think when you're you know excelling the, at the level that he is, that that's definitely a desire that you want out there. But um, I did want to pose this question, and that is this: Is it okay? Would would we as like viewers or analysts or you know people that watch basket hoops, are we all right with saying that it's okay for James Harden or people of his caliber not to be a leader? That's that's the question I want to pose today. Are we fine with that? Because I I look at somebody in his position right makes millions of dollars by playing a game where you shoot a hoop into a net, travels all over the U.S. playing basketball, goes to these ridiculous party towns, party cities, can do whatever he wants, basically. He's recognized everywhere. And so, I mean, can we really blame? It's not, no, I don't think anybody would admit this, right? If you say, like, hey, if you were in Harden's position, would you just go out and, like, party would you show up late to meetings would you force your team to stay an extra night in a, in a party city because you want to go and live it up i mean i think if people were you know asked by like a media or things like that you'd probably say no but i mean with close friends behind closed door you might be like you know what yeah i might want to like go out there and uh, party and get things done right so yeah i mean can we really blame james harden for not wanting to be a leader or not having i guess the quality to be a leader i think that we've been extremely spoiled i think that we are continually spoiled by greatness and i think that too often we take it for granted uh you know speaking specifically the nba you think of guys like magic larry bird michael jordan kobe and now lebron right and those are just you know just to name a few there's probably still a ton of guys that play in the NBA currently that have you know a drive like the guys I just the guys I just mentioned, but still, I mean, I I don't know if I can really fault Harden for like wanting to party and like just you know be like living his life. He's making million of dollars. I mean, who's to say that if I was playing in the NBA, I was the face of a franchise. Like, could I be like perfect and like have that same work, work ethic as Kobe, as LeBron? I mean, because those guys, like Michael Jordan, if you've watched the last dance documentary on Lack on Netflix, I mean, there's a screw loose like in all those guys. Like there you watching Jordan in the documentary talking about how he like <laughs> Like, just some of the stuff he says, or like with like the, in, the incident with Tony Kukoc, basically he's a player overseas that the GM liked, and just because the GM liked him, and there was disputes between Jordan and the GM, he made Kukoc's life in a, a in during the Olympics, he made his life a living hell, and that was enough for him. 
or there was a player that the GM wanted to bring in and Michael Jordan was like, oh, I'm going to make him look like shit. It was just like, there's something up there. They're just wired differently. And so to expect James Harden to have the same traits, the same quality, that same fire as guys that are freaks of nature in a, in a league that already has freaks of natures. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit too much. I think ideally that's what we want, right? If we had a utopian basket hoop league, we'd want every superstar to be like a Kobe or, a, you know, or a Michael or a LeBron and just give everything for the team, care about winning, prioritize, prioritize that over everything else. But in reality, that's not that's not how the world works. That's not how life is, right? So it sucks to see. I mean, I'm not a fan of it, right? I I think if you're in this position, it looks it's bad for like the brand, right? To have a guy that I like, guess kind of lackadaisical when it comes to certain things. All right. Again, I I I'm not I'm not gonna just cr- crucify James Harden, but I mean, you show up. You show up late to training camp because you're for, you're forcing a hold out holdout. You show up overweight, out of shape in your first preseason game. Uh, you know, in, like I said, if there's if there was like two to three games or days in between a game, he'd want to he'd take his private jet and go fly somewhere. It's just not a good look. So what if, if you're the Rockets? What do you do in this situation? What 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 do you do? It's brutal. I mean, the one thing that this tells you is that he cannot be the face of your franchise. He cannot be the leader of your team, which is great. I mean, you know, right now all you have is a prolific scorer. That's it. That's what that's what you have in James Harden, a guy that I think is a top. Well, I would say top five, but considering all these off the field antics, he's at least a top ten player in the NBA. If you made a list and yes, just like random Joe Schmoes out in the world. They would, they would say James Harden definitely. He's a name that comes up, you know, the beard, all that stuff like that. He's a very recognizable player. But yeah, if you're Houston, this this just this just seals it. And you know, first first of all, shame on you, slap on the wrist for allowing him to get away with all this shenanigans. But then also, okay, now we need to figure out what we're gonna do from here. How are we gonna? remedy this how do we go forward and i think that what's gonna happen is james harden's gonna force his way out of houston it's just gonna happen the in the nba you have all the the players have all the power he will force a move and houston's gonna have nothing to do with that but like i hope that they learn from this and don't and find somebody that they can bring in and you know be that leadership role because not everybody can do it and Harden's clearly not one of those guys. So yeah, I think that's 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 all I really want to say about James Harden. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's one of the best scorers in the league right now, but he can't lead a team to to a championship. He just does not have that character. He'd rather go out and party on the off days. He'd you know be late to practice, uh, you know. And the Rockets have given him that power to do so. Uh, but also he feels that he, he since he performs on the court, he doesn't have to, you know, do the uh, other things that we would we, the other tr- the other things that we would expect a leader to do off the court as well. I mean, you know, just 
broaden broaden it a little bit. You imagine if like a like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or any of these you know young franchise quarterbacks if they went out after a win and like you know hung out and like so say like so um, the Chiefs went down to Miami uh, last weekend, right? You imagine if they were down there, Mahomes after the game was like, all right, like let's let's just chill in Miami for like a couple weeks. We don't play until next Sunday, so let's just like chill until like Tuesday as a team. I'm going to go out here and like I'm going to go down to – I don't even know what the local landmarks in Miami were. But, um, you know, we're going to go out to a club, have a lot of fun, things like that. And then like we'll fly back on Thursday and be ready to go on Sunday. Wouldn't happen. Now it's definitely more of a team game, football. But still, I mean, can you imagine if like he's like, "All right, I'll catch you guys later. I'll take a I'll take a private plane back. You guys can go back, and I'll I'll see you on Wednesday." Imagine any of the quarterbacks in the NFL doing that. Hell no. So yeah, I mean, the NBA is a different beast. It's structured completely differently. But I mean, uh, it's more player centric. But crazy to me that the Rockets have allowed this to happen, and then that James Harden just continues to do it so yeah i mean look i mean watch houston this year they'll still be competitive they'll still make the playoffs i feel with well without james harden it depends on who they get back for him but with james harden they'll make the playoffs still uh but it's just oh man it's just an awful situation for them i feel bad another actually i'm thinking about the another while we're talking about people that maybe aren't leaders i was thinking about the nets as well when i uh was writing down what i want to talk about in this video I'm concerned that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, um, how, as great as they are, I don't know if they can lead a team on the court. Now, they, they brought in Steve Nash, which I thought was good. He's a well-respected player. He's worked individually with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, so it made a, it made a ton of sense. But I don't know if you have the on-the-court general like you do, like the Lakers do with LeBron, like the Bucks do with Giannis. Uh, like Portland does with Damian Lillard, just to name a couple guys. Um, I think Jason Tatum for the Celtics is also emerging in that role. So we'll see if the Celtics, uh, the, sorry, the, the Nets can have that with Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. And then we'll see how this Harden situation in Houston pans out. But man, it does not look good. Just not at all. All right. To end this episode off, I wanted to talk about a couple of teams this year in the NBA that I'm really excited to watch, and they could be they and that they could be making a uh, a step up. They could be a surprise team. So first things first, I wanted to touch on the Atlanta Hawks. They, uh, you know, a team that not a lot of people know about. Not you don't get a lot of you know um, prime time games, but a guy that you should know is Trey Young. Uh, they're he, their point guard. He is outstanding. He was, I believe, rookie of the year two years ago. Could be three seasons now. This could be, let's see, 2018. That's his third season. So, yeah, he's been outstanding. All he does is average, uh, all he did last year, excuse me, was average 30 points a game, four rebounds, and nine assists. Very talented player. And they were spenders in this offseason, man. They brought in a bunch of great players. So Bogdan Bogdanovich, this is the team that got him. Um, you know, great shooting guard. Danilo Gallinari, a, a, you know, an older guy, a veteran in the league that's probably going to come off the bench and have great buckets, along with Rajon Rondo to back up Trey Young when he needs a rest. Really solid moves from them. 
Uh, DeAndre Hunter, small forward. He doesn't get enough love. He's very talented. And then Clint Capella, who was traded from the Rockets, they decided to go small with Mike D'Antoni as their head coach. He now comes in here, and uh, he was very good in Houston, but they just decided to go more of that small ball route. Uh, so, yeah, Atlanta is looks like they got pieces on paper that are very solid. Uh, you know, it's going to take some while for the chemistry to build up, but this looks like a very solid team that could really, you know, compete in the uh, East this year. All right, we'll stay with the East, and then we'll move over to the West Coast. Uh, I got to talk about my Bulls, man. Bulls, 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 Polish Sausage, Chicago. I'm excited for this team this year, man. Uh, you know, they're not going to be world beaters, right? They're not going to be insane, crazy title contenders, anything like that. But they could make some noise. Now, we bring in Billy Donovan from the Thunder, a really well-respected head coach, which I was just stunned that he was like, go after leading that very um, limited Thunder Thunder roster to uh, the playoffs. But uh, he was like, oh, the Thunder really want to like start over, you know, clean slate, especially after losing Paul George, like I said, because he forced a trade, really hung them out to dry. So now they're like, all right, we're just going to tear it all down, bring in a new coach, go in a different direction. So, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And in the Bulls' case, we uh, I think we, we got the coaching position right. We needed some stability, and I think that he will do just that. Uh, Kobe White, player that uh, really came on late at the end of the next year. He's coming into his second season. He was great. We know about Zach Levine, just a dominant scorer in this league. Otter Porter Jr., he came over last season as well. Lori Marquez, uh Big seven-footer from Arizona. This is the, the the new wave of big man, right? He's uh, he can he can battle in the post still, but he's a knockdown shooter from outside as well. And then um, obviously the rookie I was drafted, Patrick Williams. Don't forget about Denzel Valentine. A couple years removed from Michigan State, he's uh, kind of been injury riddled these past few years, but when he's on the court, he's very very good. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see how they're going to look. I hope that they're going to be competitive in games. Things like that. And, uh, yeah, so I, I personally will be watching a lot of Bulls basketball. Let's move to the West. Uh, one team I did want to mention was the the Wizards. Just give them – is that in the – okay, now I'm going to look stupid. No, that's still in the East. Oh, man. I'm thinking, like, yeah, my bad. They're in the East still. I'm interested to see how the Wizards are going to look with Russell Westbrook. I don't know if they're, if they're going to compete. Their roster, right – Outside of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, I mean, not really much. Uh, they have they did draft Cassius Winston, point guard from Michigan State, a couple years ago in the March Madness tournament. He was dominant. Uh, that was uh, that's one of my biggest uh, gripes about this year. Obviously, Karan is bad. We know about that, but not having March Madness uh, was just so brutal. I love March. It's a great month. You know, I got a lot of people's birthdays in that month. My sister and myself, March Madness. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a couple weeks before the Masters as well. It's just a good time of the year. Uh, you know, I love me some March. So, yeah, not having March Madness this year really sucked. Um, but, yeah, Cassius Winston, he's a guy to watch. You know, like, you know, in Wessel Westbrook or Bradley Beal need a break. He might be in there. I don't expect much of this team, but I'm curious to see how Westbrook is going to do there. All right, that is going to do it for the teams in the East. Uh, maybe not. I do now that I'm looking at the teams here. I have it like I have them all lined up. 
There is one team I wanted to mention, mention is the Toronto Raptors. I think they have one of the best coaches in the league in Nick Nurse. A guy that I'm looking forward to watching, and this is just a special shout-out, Malachi Flynn from SDSU. A couple nights ago, he had a 17-point game against the Charlotte Hornets and the LaMelo Ball. He looked like the better rookie there. I thought it was a steal. Like a really talented team. Like th- I think this is the ideal situation for um, certain basketball players where Malachi Flynn goes into a great culture, a great organization, and he can immediately have an impact off the bench. Whereas like a guy like LaMelo Ball, I mean, there's not a lot of stuff around him. I mean, he was drafted third overall. He's supposed to be like the new superstar. But, uh, you know, you see this a lot in the M- the NBA and the NFL, right, where these guys that go later in the rounds, they end up being um, – like end up like having solid careers because they go to these like great situations. A lot of the times it's not, um, you know, it's where you end up that kind of dictates your career, especially with quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but even in the NBA as well, you have certain things like that. And so, uh, you know, case in point with the NFL, uh, you're talking, uh, like Vinovich for the Patriots, or he was a defensive end out of Michigan. If he goes to maybe a, uh, you know, a bottom feeder team like the Jacksonville's or like the Jets, like the Jaguars or the Jets, who knows if he's if he's successful? But he goes to Bill Belichick and a really solid culture and franchise like New England, and he's he's thriving over there. So again, it's 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 not always you know where you're drafted, but it, like where you end up is very important too. So I think that Malachi Flynn for the Raptors, uh, he could, he could be in the conversation for rookie of the year. He is, he is very talented and very good. So we'll see how that works out. Okay. Now I promise that's it for the East teams. Swear to God. All right. Uh, two teams in the West. I did want to highlight, obviously we know about the Lakers are going to be great. We know about the Clippers, but um, I wanted to talk about, the Phoenix Suns for a little bit here. So they had a very good offseason, and they have a very talented player there already. I know that the Suns don't get a lot of love, right? They used to be this historic franchise, Charles Barkley, a bunch of great players, but they have not really gotten a lot of love, especially in that Pacific division when you have other superstars. I mean, when you're in a division with the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Lakers, I mean, you're going to play second fiddle in a lot of cases, but they have a very talented roster now. I mean, they signed for Chris Paul, which I loved. He showed a lot of heart last year on a terrible Thunder team, willed them to the playoffs, and he was great. He now joins the guy I'm mentioning, Devin Booker. If you have not seen this kid play, he is incredible. He's very good. Knocked down from outside. He's young. He's only 24. Averaged 26 points a game last year, six and a half assists, excuse me. He is very good. Along with uh, Jay Crowder, who they just brought in from the Heat. And then DeAndre Ayton, who's, I guess, your your, um, stereotypical center. You know, he's not going to hit it from the three, but he's still very good. Uh, McCall Bridges is their small forward. He's also a very solid player. So, I mean, the the Sun... I think you're going to make the playoffs this year, and they could make some noise. This is a very young young roster mostly, but then you have a veteran like Chris Paul to lead the way. He's another one of those leader characters, right? When the Rockets went and got Chris Paul, 
I thought that they were going to be contenders, and they were great. They had the best. I think they had the best record in the NBA that year. It was just now that we know, like just too much power with James Harden, and there was still like the butting heads between Chris Paul and James. So that was a bummer. Uh, but now you know you get you get a guy, a young guy like Devin Booker, who's the face of your franchise. You get a veteran in there to you know help lead this team, this young, very talented team. I'm like, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Suns are going to play this year. I think they're going to be a really solid team. And then the final team I wanted to discuss in the same division, actually, funnily enough, the Sacramento Kings. They, you look at their roster, and they're actually pretty good. Um, you know, there's a couple guys that you're going to recognize here. So Harrison Barnes, the former Golden State Warrior player, he, he has a couple rings, so he he plays there. He's kind of underperformed these last few years. Obviously, when you're playing like playing with guys like Steph, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they're going to elevate your game. And so now he's kind of he has to kind of you know be be his own scorer. But he still averaged fourteen and a half points a game last year, which is good. Again, like you know, I'm not going to when you're playing with Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Or when you're playing, sorry, when you're playing with Curry and Thompson, like, yeah, you're going to score more points because they just are so dominant. So it's just going to happen. Um, you know, D- uh, Draymond Green, this this past season got exposed because both Curry and Thompson were out. And, you know, but prior to that, you're like, oh, Draymond Green could be like a number two on a team, like the second best player. And then you found out very quickly he can't. He's a very solid role player, and he was, uh, he was pivotal to them winning championships. But uh, yeah, he 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 needs people above him to like help elevate his game. Same with Harrison Barnes, and I think that he's going to get it. Uh, so De'Aaron Fox is the reason I'm watching the Kings this year because he signed that ridiculous contract. All right, the absurd him along with Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum. Now I think Tatum and Mitchell are both better players than Fox. But again, the Kings don't get a lot of they don't get a lot of love. All right, so this is this is his fourth year now, in you know coming out, and he's he's a good player. He averages twenty point twenty one points a game, almost seven assists. He's very good. But I mean, he's, he just signed a five year, one hundred sixty three million dollar max extension. All right, so you know I want to see how good he is. You got the bag. Can you go out there and perform? Another guy I'm curious to watch, Buddy Heald. He used to play uh, – I just remember watching a couple of March Madness tournaments with him. He was the former Sooner. I think he was actually – yeah, I think he's like Hawaiian too. Uh, but he's bounced around a couple of, uh, for a couple of teams. Now he's on the Kings. He's a good shooter from the outside. And he had a great season last year, averaged 20 points. So, again, this specific division I think is loaded this year. I think they're very good. All of these teams are um, are very solid, and I'm looking for the Suns and the Kings to take that next step, along with the teams in the East, the Hawks, the the Hawks, the Bulls, and what was the last team I mentioned? I, I guess the Bucks because I just want the Bucks to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, you go out and sign Drew Holiday and things like that. But yeah, I think that was it for this episode. So I think that's all I wanted to cover was just a couple teams I'm excited to be watching. The NBA season starts next Monday. Got a couple games there. 
Any other teams that I'm curious about? Um, oh, the Pelicans. Why don't we talk about the Pelicans real quick? Uh, because Zion is going to be back. Zion Williamson. And they had another player that got paid. Not as much, but Brandon Ingram. He got the max. He, uh, you know, very solid player. So we'll end talking about the Pelicans really quickly. They, they're another very solid team. Got a, got a lot of young players. And, you know, they, they signed Steven Adams as well. Good center. Good defensive player. Can get you a couple buckets. He's great. Lonzo Ball. Remember, this This was the Laker trade that brought over Anthony Davis. So Lonzo Ball, former Laker, along with Brandon Ingram, they are there. Um, so And they've both been great. Eric Bledsoe also is on this team now, along with Zion, who is now back from his injury. Uh, J.J. Redick is still there. I thought that maybe he'd move on, go to like a, a help, you know, like a, a contender, take that next step. I could see him going to the Bucks. I could see that. Uh, Steven Adams also, they signed, right, I just mentioned. So another team I'm very interested in seeing how they do. Uh, another team that could go up. Again, like, I'm excited for this basket hoop season. I think that there's a lot of good storylines. Obviously, we have the Houston situation that's just amusing. Uh, the Golden State Warriors without Klay Thompson. Uh, there's a ton of teams, right? The Denver Nuggets, can take, they made a splash in the playoffs, and they continue to take that next step. And then, you know, there's other teams as well that could have interesting storylines that we'll cover throughout the NBA season. But that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to share it with friends, family, co-workers, the delivery man, or woman. Uh, you know, <laughs> anyone that you think might might enjoy what they're hearing. Tomorrow, my one of my favorite episodes, I think it might be my favorite episode of the week. No, I think Friday's is. But tomorrow, I'm going to review my top 10 teams in the NFL. It's getting interesting. Only three more weeks of regular, regular season left. A lot of playoff implications. Things along that nature. And then we're going to preview the Thursday night football game between the Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. So you don't want to miss that one. It should be a doozy of an episode. All right. Thank you so much for all the support. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Go watch some sports. And I will see you in the next one.